Welcome back to the Encounter Radio Show with Bill Reeser on 99.1 FM, life-changing radio. Uh, so grateful uh, for you to tune in each and every morning. Uh, we just heard from my brother, Greg Williams. Uh, and you'll hear from my other brother, Greg Horn. They do a tremendous job on this radio station. So grateful uh, for those guys and so grateful for your support. Uh, for more information about Encounter, please go to Bill at the Hope Bill at the Hope Well, once again, my good friend Doug Flynn, uh, just a great man of God, just a good friend, a uh, person that always brings a smile to my face, full of joy. We talked about joy this week. We talked about marriage. We talked about a legacy that his dad left behind. I've got him back today. We'll have him tomorrow on the Encounter Radio Show. Doug, how you doing? I'm doing good, Bill. How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing all right. Let me ask you something. <laughs> who kills who? <laughs> Who's on first? <laughs> you know, people have to embrace that accent. I mean, it's a when you first hear it, now I just smile at it because it brings back so many good memories for me of being in New York. Matter of fact, the first time I got traded, when I was in New York, we went down to a place called Ponty's in I think it might have been Little Italy. All I know is I had just seen The Godfather, and you cannot convince me that we were not in the midst of some of the boys. Yes. That's just my thought. And, and of course, I was with Joe Torrey, and Joe has a lot of friends in New York. So we were down, and I mean, I could have sworn that Luca Brasi was over there, and, you know, Sonny was standing right over there. It was, and And I remember one of them coming up to me and saying, Welcome to the family. And I didn't know which family he's talking about, but I said, it's a pleasure to be here, sir. Thank you. That, and that was a good answer. <laughs> that was, I remember bringing up some friends from Kentucky. We went out to, you probably, I don't know if you've ever been to a Lane's restaurant in oh, the city. Yes, you've been to I, Lane's, yes. right? So I take him out to Lane's. You know, Lane's is... And a, she's always there. Yeah, yeah. It's mob hangout. Uh, sports writers hang out there. Lupica hangs out there a lot. Yeah. And just so on the night that we were there, it seemed like half the cast from Goodfellas was there. Oh. And I had to give them the talk. I said, now listen, do not stare. <laughs> You don't want to stare at an Italian mob guy because they'll get mad if you stare at them. And you can't see this on the radio, but as soon as I told that to them, like a cartoon, they raised their heads and went, you know, they, they started looking. And, and then the mob guys started getting upset. Really? And I had to oh. get them out of there. Oh. They, we couldn't even finish the dinner. And, this, and, and Carolyn said, first when we walk in there, uh, there's a guy at the door, and, and my wife Carolyn says, "Oh, it's really nice to have a doorman." I said, "Honey, that's not a doorman. That's a lookout guy. <laughs> that's what you. This is a different culture. Different, yeah. This is a totally- my roommate in the minor leagues was a guy named Greg Sinatro, mm. not Tro. Tro. He was from Connecticut. I said, "What's your dad do? He's a consultant." Yeah. I went. So he gets hurt. I'm in rookie ball. And my manager says, Doug, can you play third base? They got an opening, an A ball. That's a step up from where I was. And I said, yeah, I played third in high school. He said, well, good. We're going to send you up to class A ball. All right. I go up to class A ball. After I played the first game at third base, my manager, Russ Nixon, said, you've never played here before, have you? I went, nope. He said, well, why did you tell him you could play? I said, look, it was a chance to move up. If they said, can you catch? I said, yeah, I caught in high school because I wanted to move up the ladder. Russ liked me. Greg gets healthy. Comes up to me. He said, I think it's time you move back over to shortstop or second base. I said, no, I'm kind of liking it here. He said, I'll make a call. I went, 
okay, I'll go back to second. <laughs> and uh, there was no discussion. But he went to his senior prom with somebody named Gambino. I don't know which level that was, but that would have been in late 60s, early yeah. 70s, I guess. Part of the five families. Yeah. So he said they went, and he said they had two cars in front and their car and two cars in the back. And then somebody go in, and they'd make sure the club was all right, and they'd go in, stay a little while, and they'd go to another club. And I went, that's a little scary. But I, I tell you, I, I never once felt like that when I was in New York playing because Joe loved me, and, and Joe was a good friend, and Joe had a lot of connections. And, you know, if, if you don't get smart with anybody, and I learned that real quick, and it's probably a good lesson for anything we do, keep your mouth shut, play hard, own up to your mistakes, you're really not going to have much trouble with fans or other people. I mean, I think, unfortunately, we've got to a point in our society where you can't say, I'm sorry, because if you do, then you get beat up too bad. And people, I want somebody to say, hey, man, I messed up. I made a mistake. But it's it's harder and harder and harder for people to do these days. It sure is. I want to talk to you about that a little bit. We Our, our culture is changing drastically. Yeah. I think we're living in a, in a day and age where people are, are falling farther and farther away from God. Amen. Our, our, our young kids are, the families are, the, the church in America and western part of society is in decline. How do you and Olga uh, continue to, to be a light in, in, a, in a dark world? Well, what, what are the challenges you face be, being a light in such a dark world where mm-hmm. being a light is not, let's say, as welcomed as it once was. (laughs) You're dead on it. Uh, One is we really started changing what we watched on television. Yeah. Uh, You just, you, when I see all of the, there's so much garbage on TV right now. Uh, You know, and and I like to watch sporting events, but I also like to get some news because I want to stay current. And and you stay current because I want to know elections are a part of us as Christians as well. And also being a part of Christians is what we watch on TV, what we think, what we read. I mean, that's a big part of it. And, and that's changed a lot for me from what I used to be like. But now I want to try to stay current and I want to know the candidates that are running, that are controlling everything, which one is the most godlike, which one's a Christian. And, uh, and the ones that stand out and tell that they are, that's the people that I want to support because – if you look at what's going on in our school system now, the things they're teaching. Olga and I had this conversation last night. If we'd have had kids, we'd have had to homeschool. I mean, I'm paying – I don't have kids, but I'm paying a lot of school taxes for them to go in there and teach these schools some of the junk that they're teaching them now. I mean, I, I can't imagine me allowing my kid to go to a school where I knew that some of the things they were teaching was going on. Uh, when we, you We've crossed the line from education to indoctrination. It, oh, no we? doubt. No yeah, doubt about yeah. it. I mean, not only, and it's starting earlier. It used to yeah. be just colleges. Yes. Now it's then went to high schools. Now it's down in the elementary and, and even preschool, from what I understand. I know. Uh, we're, but we are teaching. Well, look at, they did a poll just to say patriotism. patriotism. Uh, four years ago, uh, the poll said 70% of young college kids were, yeah, it's go USA. It's 38% now. 30 something. I saw that poll. 38%. I mean, uh, the people are not proud of the flag or. Well, I, you know, and I, I used to love the saying where it said a politician has never won any war or saved any war, but the military men has. And I'm, I'm so in love with the guys and women that are fighting and protecting our country and protecting what this country stood for. 
uh, and my buddy Johnny Bench and I get involved with something called Hope for the Warriors, where every year we're raising money to take care of military families that are, you know, coming back. Uh, the one you guys got up there, New York, a tunnel to tower is a good one too. They they sure <clears throat> are. They are taking care of a lot of folk. Yeah, and that's the first place I go when I go home. Yeah, I, I go I go down to the memorial uh, down yeah. at the towers. I got to give you the number of some guys I know. They're firemen at the fire station that Olga and I go and have we eat with, and there ain't a better restaurant in town than their fire station. Oh, they got wow. four chefs in there, and these guys they are seven blocks from Ground Zero. And they came to the golf tournament we did here. We brought them in as celebrities. And now every time we visit New York, that's one of the first places we go to. So we love those guys. But, yeah, there's, you're, you're afraid to teach the Bible anywhere. You're throwing it out in everything you do. You, Christians today can't even say that they're a Christian because they're getting blasted. It's, uh, there's a group of folks here that have no connection, maybe no bringing. And here's what I've got to learn too, Bill, as, as a Christian – when I'm witnessing to somebody, I can't assume that they already have even heard of the Bible anymore. Used to, you could sit down and people say, yeah, I used to go to Sunday school and I was, yeah, but I kind of got away from it. Now you talk to kids and they don't even know what you're talking about when you start talking about the Bible. So I almost had to change the way that you do your witnessing. You got to start from ground zero and, and it's like, a, what if and what if and what if? And, and then they'll look at you and you say, this happened. It really did happen. But you're right. Our relationship is based with Christ on faith. I've got. I, I challenge our churches every day that if you want to take control of this country back, then you've got to go take control of the ballot box too. You cannot sit at home and expect things to change without you doing and making any change yourself. And uh, I don't like politics. And people say politics and religion don't mix. Well, let me ask you this. If there's a guy who's a Satan worshiper and he's running for president, are you going to vote for him knowing the things that he's going to do? Or are you going to vote for a guy who says, I love this country, we're based upon biblical principles, I love God, and I'm going to do what I can according to what the Bible says? Which one? You you tell me they don't mix? They you, do. You can't separate that. And by staying silent on a matter, you've already spoken on Amen. The Amen. And that's the problem. Yep. And, and the churches <clears throat> and, and the if the if the Christians would get involved or at least study and and like you say, just look for the person that that has the most biblical values and yeah. is, and is at least willing or saying they're going to govern that way. Uh, that that's what that's what we're supposed to teach our that's what we're supposed to teach our flock uh, because we should get involved because this gov this country was built on Christian principles. Ah, but you know one thing, and when you, there are pastors that want to do it, but now they're threatening the church, they're threatening the pastors about teaching that, being insensitive, and uh, all that other junk that they try to make excuses for. Uh, you know, I'm I'm glad that there's preachers that'll stand up. Yeah. And, and and preach it, and you make up your own mind. Here's the facts: you make up your own mind, and we're blessed by having that at our place. Well, there's it won't be long, and I see it coming. Where if if the trend doesn't stop, and there's only one way it's going to stop is if the church rises up yeah. and the people of God get involved and they make a stand uh, and and vote biblical principles yeah. as opposed to what's going on in society. Yeah. And then ask the Holy Spirit to guide them once they get in that ballot box. Because politics will change you too. I mean, you can have the most personable, nice person, but it'll absolutely. That's the first question when people come to my door, knocking on the door, yeah. say they're running for something. The first thing I said, uh, "Are you a Christian?" Well, I go to such and such a church. Yeah. That ain't what I ask you. That's right. I'm asking you, are you a Christian? Are you a Bible believing Christian? Well, 
where you're wasting your time. Hey, good luck to you, but you, you won't get my vote. That's right. And uh, I, and I don't think that's rude. I think that's I want to know what I'm getting because I mean, when you look down at uh, Dad was on Dad was a senator for four years, and he came home one time and I'll never forget what he said. I said, Dad, what, what's it like? He said, I'm worried. I went, what about? He says, as long as we keep electing attorneys as politicians, the only people that are ever going to be taken care of are going to be attorneys. Mm. And I said, wow. And that's from an old country boy that just ran for office. Then he was a councilman. And the way that they, that this media and this world tries to divide us, uh, and they're doing a heck of a job at it. They've, they've found a game plan. But, Bill, they've taken, the, in my opinion, the bad guys have taken over education. They're trying to take over the banks. <clears throat> they've taken over the politics, they've taken over the media. If they get a hold of the guns, and... That's what they're after next. And that's what they're after next. And if they do that, uh, I mean, Christians had better get on their horse and start riding it and waving the flag now. we got to get some some action going. And I, I sort of see things from two different lenses. I, I see things moving in, in that direction, but I also see it as an opportunity uh, to to preach the gospel because it makes it makes uh what we stand for even that much more clear and it gives us the opportunity uh to minister to someone and you see jesus came full of grace and truth he didn't compromise one for the other (laughs) and it just so happens that some people want all grace but they don't want the truth some people want the truth without the grace amen and but jesus came full of both he never compromised one for the other and that's one of the things i love about your life is that you're full of grace you're full of truth new yorkers would say you're full of yourself <laughs> but you're full of grace and you're full of Olga truth says that sometimes to me too. <laughs> it's an east coast thing hey guys thanks again for tuning into the encounter radio show i've got doug flynn uh tune in tomorrow for our episode once again thanks again for tuning in